Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final hour fist pump time. The show of whales continues here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. Thanks for being a total that stands for turn it on, leave it on. We're about to be joined by SMU's head football coach, Rhett. Lashley, Patrick Walker for the Mike McCarthy Health Update at 920. Crosstalk with KMC at 940 to talk about Luca and Juan Soto to the Yankees. But you are happy that we got some local college news with a game staying in place, right? Right down the road here. I love watching I your eyes. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Cotton Bowl. Texas OU. There you yes, go. Sir. I'm like, wait, wait. I'm like what, are, what are we talking about? You should really read your prep email. Charles. No, I was, thinking, I was thinking SMU. I wasn't thinking... Oklahoma, Texas, but they are staying at the Cotton Bowl, which is good. That game belongs to the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl Bowl game became much bigger when it went to Jerry World, when it went to AT&T Stadium. It went from a Tier 2 Bowl to a New Year's 6 Bowl, a Tier 1 Bowl. That was boosted by that. The Longhorn Sooner game, going there would be sterile. It would be a sterile environment. Now, it would make more money. But the environment is much better at Fair Park. Yeah, and I mean, there's uh, there's so much. If you if you've ever seen the uh, the documentary Deep Fried Dynasty, that is their that's their big money making day. Those vendors yeah. that pay so much to be out there. Mm-hmm. That Texas OU game is where they make a ton of their money. So I can imagine the State Fair would have a vested interest in not. Nah, no, nah, this needs to stay here. We make way too much money. Yeah with the people that come through. And it's a unique experience being able to just go to the game, walk out, fair park, everything going on. Now, I wonder if the move to the SEC, they may change the time of the game. Um, you know, because the SEC for years, their 230 game slot's been their primetime game. That's on CBS. Now, the CBS is not doing the SEC starting next year. They're going to be doing the Big Ten. And the SEC will move almost exclusively over to ABC and ESPN. And I wonder if they will put it in the mid-afternoon still or at night. Because um, historically, this game's been played at 11 a.m. Dallas Stars lose a wild one last night. I thought this thing was over. I switched on over to the Mavericks. Uh, but the Stars end up losing to the Panthers. They're 3-6 and six in their last nine games, uh, struggling defensively. Florida's first line had four goals and five assists. Florida better team in the first two periods. The Stars scored three in the third. They actually tied the game at four in the third, they end up with the loss tonight. Ovechkin, one point away from 1,500, and the Caps are coming off a five-game road trip. They've lost two straight. Let's bring in the head coach of the SMU Mustangs, the AAC champs, Rhett Lashley, on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Hey, morning, guys. Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, at what point this year did you realize – 
We we got some. Did you know when we talked with you early early in the season, midway point, at what point were you like we're we're the real deal? You know, I I thought going into the season we had a team that could could win the league. I really did. I just felt like our roster and you know was was good enough, and I felt like we had really made improvements on defense, and I felt like. Um, you know, it just was all had a chance to set up for us. And I liked our team chemistry going through fall camp, but we had to go do it. And, um, you know, I think the first time was when we went to Oklahoma and played played them really well, yeah. really felt like we should have won the game and just kind of didn't finish it off in the fourth quarter. Um, but the way we competed specifically on defense just, I think, gave our guys a lot of confidence. And then, you know, we probably played our worst game of the year in our rivalry game uh, against TCU and, and I think after that, we really started to find our identity on offense. And it probably was, uh, you know, we, we won our first couple road, uh, first couple conference games. And, and then we went on the road and we played a Temple team that, you know, didn't have their best team. I'm not saying they were, they were great and all, but I think we were 2-0 and in the league. And, you know, it was just kind of set up for us to go up and, you know, not play well, have a letdown. And, and we didn't just beat them. We beat them 55 to nothing mm. on the road. And, and just the way we did it, and if you were there feeling it, I, I left there just going, okay, we got it. We Our team gets it. Uh, they're mature. They know how to show up every week. And at that point, I really didn't think we would we would lose again. Coach, I remember RJ telling you uh, that he has always thought, you know, SMU is the sleeping giant. All the resources are there. It makes sense to, you know, uh, restore the glory that we've talked about in years past. What was the energy level like? Uh, the campus, the fan base, what was that? all that like surrounding this season throughout? You know, it's at an all-time high. I think what's funny is for something that we hadn't done in, in 41 years, there was so much expectation on this team. You know, we had gone out and I think improved it in a way, and, and we had won. This is now the fifth straight year we've won and gone to a bowl game and all that, and so you know, there'd been winning and there was expectation in a way that is good. That's what you want in your program. But it was interesting because, again, we hadn't done it in a long time. And it was almost like, man, if we don't do it, it's going to be um, a failure, right? And so there was a lot of energy, but there was a lot of, you know, hey, we need to do this. And I think what what we're saying and what you're saying is just we know there's so much potential here. But all potential really means is you haven't done it yet. And so – what was really cool and probably the most gratifying part is our team, our players, our staff was able to week after week kind of push through that expectation and pressure. And everyone felt it like, man, we should do it. We need to do it. We've got a team to do it. And we did it. And, you know, you got to accomplish confidence. You got to break through and actually do it at some point. Uh, I agree with you. I think, uh, I do think we're a sleeping giant. I think we're extremely well positioned. Everything's hitting at the same time. The city of Dallas is embracing us. Most importantly, the kids that you recruit in Dallas are embracing us as Dallas's team. They want to come to SMU. There's a lot of buzz. We're going to the ACC. We've won new facility, all the things. And but you have to go do it. And so for us to actually do it was huge. SMU head coach Rhett Lashley joining us here, 105 through the fan. All right, you mentioned the ACC. That's where I was going with this. You know, has that did that kind of speed up the excitement too? And then how have the recruits? really kind of, uh, you know, taken that? Have have you gotten a different, I don't want to say caliber of a recruit, but but more attention from recruits? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, for the last five years when we've, the program's been kind of on the rise, there's been a little buzz, and we've been winning, and okay, great, SMU's doing some things. Like, a lot of the kids in, in the Dallas Metroplex have wanted to come and stay home and go to SMU. Like, they'll come on visits. 
you'll get in their top three or top five with a lot of quote power schools. But when it comes to decision time, it's like, man, I want to come, but coach, I want to play on the biggest stage. I want to play against the Florida States, the Miamis, the Clemsons, you know what I mean? And we just weren't in position to do that. And at the end of the day, that's why a lot of kids would still maybe not choose to come here. But then when they transfer, they'd come back because they kind of wanted to come here all along. And so, you know, the minute that ACC news hit, it was kind of like breaking the seal. It was really like the last step in like getting ourselves to where we compete, can compete on that level with all the schools that are in power four programs in our state. And um, I think you've seen it already. Like there's been some kids in the 24 class, you know, you know, flip or commit and come here. But the 25 class, <clears throat> kids that are juniors now, is going to be the first class that you really see the full feeling of going to the ACC, winning the championship, all that. And right now we have a top 10 class. You know, all five of the kids committed are four-star or better. We've never signed that many in one class in our history. And so you just start to see kids going, okay, now I can go there because I know next year, hey, Florida State's coming to Fort Stadium. I know the next year Clemson's coming, and I'm going to Miami, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and then now they know they can come to SMU, stay in Dallas, and compete on that national stage. Talking with SMU coach Rhett Lashley here on 105 Through the Fan. Coach, you know, you talked with us back earlier this year a lot about, you know, swagger. And you said that that's something that you wanted your team to embody, but you felt like, hey, we got to go out there and earn that. You can't just be a program that, that claims that without earning it on the football field. Do you feel like you guys earned that this year? I think we earned the, the right to have confidence, and that's, that's huge. Our program has a lot of confidence, and that's what you want. That's what true swagger is, right, is you, you, you carry yourself in a very confident yet humble way. And, like, yeah, you got to go do it. You got to go win. You got to earn it. And, you know, we don't want to be a program that's – I mean, look, it's recruiting, it's sales. You do stuff on social media. You're always, you know, trying to put your best foot forward from a branding standpoint. But we want to talk with our pads, with our play, with, with how we play. And when you go 11-2 and two, – and you play good football, then that's that's the kind of talk we want. You know, we're not all about hype because hype fades. We want to be about substance. And I think this year's team was about substance, and I think they created a great foundation for our program. Coach, you guys, a lot of people thought, and myself included, that that you got kind of hosed on the, on the bowl game and not getting to play uh, in a New Year's Six Bowl in the Fiesta Bowl. They chose Liberty. What was sort of your pitch to, to get in? And, and, and was there an explanation given as to why they chose Liberty over you guys? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it. We've moved on as a team because, you know, it was 24 hours after that, both us won in the championship. And, like, we weren't going to let anything steal our joy. We were going to celebrate this team. Our goal was to win a conference championship this year, and we did it. We've accomplished it. And, yes – if you do that in our league, you're probably going to get to New Year's Six Bowl. That would have been fantastic, but that wasn't our goal. And so, um, you know, we've chosen to, to move on and, and not sit around and wallow. But, yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows that we should have gotten that bid at this point. I mean, everybody that has a lot of credibility and understands football. Um, I made my pitch that Saturday night after the game in the post-game press conference. It's sad that I had to. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much data. I mean, just starting with the fact that ever, ever in the past, the committees have always said you start with strength of schedule. They were 133 out of 133. Like, that's usually a non-starter and you're out. And they didn't even play or schedule a powered opponent. They didn't beat or play a team that was ranked. We beat a ranked team on the road. We played a ranked OU on the road. Like, we played at TCU. We get punished because TCU has a bad year. So it hurts our strength of schedule. I mean, imagine that. But they didn't even play a team like TCU. Um, we win at 9-3 and three Memphis. Like, it really wasn't hard. <laughs> and um, and I think also, 
Liberty's a good football team, so you hate to come out and say this because I don't want to disrespect them. They went undefeated, and that's hard to do no matter who you play. And they have a great football team. Like us, they have a really good offense, but the difference is we have a defense. And so, you know, I think all the criteria pointed to us, it didn't go our way. And, you know, there's really nothing we can do about it. I do hate that our kids are are maybe robbed of that opportunity. But, you know what, somebody was going to be disappointed between us and Liberty. Um, I think a lot of people feel like it might have been a pretty good game. We'll see what happens out there. We've got to focus on BC. We've got a great opportunity to do a couple things. We get to try to win our 12th game. That's only been done one time in our program's history. If we win our 12th game, it'll tie the only time we've ever won 12 before. Okay? And we get a chance to go win a bowl game. We haven't done that since 2012. We've done a lot of firsts this year. Like, And then the lastly, we're playing an ACC team. We're going into the ACC, so it's kind of cool how we exit and then enter. And it gives us a chance to go into the offseason with not only momentum from a, a final win, but like, hey, we're going into a league and we just competed with and beat a team that's in that league. We're going to be able to belong. And so we got a lot to play for. We, we, In my opinion, in a lot of experts' opinions, it wasn't the right call and people were shocked. But, hey, there's nothing we can do about it. Did you have a strong uh, take or opinion on the Florida State controversy? You know, I think at the end of the day, same deal. Someone was going to be disappointed. It's a little different because it's up there for number four or five, but it's really not. Like, I think the confusing thing for everyone is the committee looked at Florida State and Alabama and judged it one way, and then they looked at us and Liberty and judged it the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, at least be consistent, right? And yeah. we can disagree with that, but we can get behind you at least had some logic to your process. Not, did you even watch our game against Tulane or were you just watching Alabama and Georgia? Because I mean, I'm being honest, we beat Tulane a whole lot worse than that score. We played really well, and that's a good football team we beat. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, or do you even know what's going on, or do you just look at a record and go, oh, 13-0, cool. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, what happened to Florida State is terrible. I mean, to go undefeated in a league like that and to not get in is, is really hard to fathom. Also, I don't know how you leave Alabama out. So, like, they were in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, and I think it's never been better that we're going to a 12-team playoff because now the argument will be over 11, 12, and 13, and that's fine. But it's, there's more teams getting in. you got a better chance to get it right. But I think just the lack of consistency and transparency, no, nobody knows why. I mean, the only explanation given on TV was, well, maybe Liberty tried to schedule a Power 5 opponent and couldn't. Like, <laughs> uh, So, you know, who knows? You know, uh, I love the trophy picture that you sent out, but my big question is, uh, what do you take in your coffee? I'm, see, I'm tired of choppy bonding with Mike McCarthy every Friday. They just tr- straight black, but I'm proud. No, I'm man. very. It looks like there's some creamer in there. I like it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> yeah, I started drinking coffee like seven or eight years ago because it was something to do with my wife. She likes coffee. I'm not a coffee person, <laughs> so I bought into this coffee thing. But my coffee is always very creamy colored. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I have a little bit of coffee with my cream. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then I can handle it. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, uh, thank you so much for coming back on. We're so happy for you. Were an outstanding interview early in the year. Awesome today, and best of luck moving forward. Hopefully, all the recruits are calling even more. And best of luck in the bowl game. Thank you, Coach. Guys, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. Rhett Lashley, head coach of the SMU Mustangs on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Let's get a Mike McCarthy health update. He's going to be on the sidelines, up in the booth. Is it Dan Quinn? Is it Bones Fossil? Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com is next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Do you think that tough Irishman is going to miss this game? That's a big hypothetical. We'll let all that come to that. We're, we're certainly anticipating Mike being back for the game. We'll handle it and hold it down for, uh, for practices. And uh, uh, knowing him, he'll be uh, online tonight wanting to you know, go through the red zone and third down and everything else. So, um, yeah, we certainly expect him to be, uh, to be rocking you know, by game day again. Dan Quinn talking about Mike McCarthy's availability after he was diagnosed with an acute case of appendicitis. Got the surgery yesterday. Michael Gelkin said uh, that he was out and it was successful. So we bring in Patrick Walker at Voice of the Star on Twitter. Brought to you by the Windstar World Casino and Resort. Proud to be the official casino of the Dallas Cowboys. Please game responsibly. What was yesterday like at the Ford Center with this whole thing playing out? Well, initially it was uh, a, a bit a bit concerning just when you get the news that anyone, you know, um, had a, a, a medical situation. And then when you f- figure out it was McCarthy and then what was going on with that, the good news is, is that they caught it early because anyone who's familiar with appendicitis knows that if it's not caught early, it can really become a life-threatening situation. So um, he walked into the building and he had his usual conversations with like Dak Prescott, Dan Quinn, Bones Fossil, Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, he was going to try to tough it out. He thought it was just some stomach pain, maybe a little bit of a stomach bug. But, you know, his, his collective, uh, his Knights of the Roundtable basically told him, hey, you don't, you don't look so hot to the point where you might need to go get checked out. And thankfully, he listened to him. Um, and that's when it was discovered that he had the uh, appendicitis. And uh, like you said, he underwent surgery yesterday, but he's home and he's resting well. Uh, expectation remains that he will be um, available to coach versus the Eagles. I tried to figure out yesterday or tried to find out yesterday, spoke with uh, Bones um, to see if there was any indication of if McCarthy will be in the box or on the sideline. Um, and he doesn't know just yet. Bones doesn't. So I'll see if we can get more information on that today, maybe tomorrow. Um, but the way Dan Quinn puts it, you know, like he said, you think this tough Irishman is going to miss this game? I think, fellas, I think McCarthy is on the sideline for this game with the headset on. I think he wants to send the message to his guys um, that, uh, you know, how you overcome adversity and and how big this game is. And I think that's just going to add that much more motivation for the Cowboys. Not that they need it anymore, but when you see your head coach over there who was just on the operating table only a few days prior, now he's over there trying to will you and coach you to a win. That does something for a player. That absolutely does something for a player. So heal up McCarthy. Um, barring any setbacks, he should be on the field, and we, we'll love to see it. Can can we get a 
like a director's chair out there for him, a stool, anything like that? Is there a rule? I know you can do it in college. There's a rule against that in the NFL. I don't think there's a rule against that in the NFL, RJ, but I'll ask you this. Uh, we all know McCarthy well enough to know. Do you really think he's going to stay seated? No. Um, He'd rather die. <laughs> Might, yeah, he, he really would rather die. He's going to be up. He's going to be moving about. He's going to be active, completely bought into the game. Um, and there's just – you'd have to handcuff him to the chair. And then even then, that chair better be, like, nailed to the ground because he's getting up and he's, he's getting active. So, uh, I, I feel like as long as he is uh, in, in well enough health to be out there, and, of course, that's going to be determined by the doctors and, and him and his family. But uh, all indications are he'll be out there. But if he's out there, you're not going to get – 50% Mike McCarthy. You're going to get 100% Mike. Patrick, give us a sense. I think this is a good opportunity to kind of um, uh, educate us or recap how this team and locker room feels about McCarthy. Uh, is it great love for him? We've thought that he's a player's coach. I know Tank spoke a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, but give us a sense of McCarthy's connection with this team personally. Oh, man, it's it's deeper than a player coach or coach to coach as far as colleagues are concerned, just walking around and talking to guys yesterday, you know, uh, spoke with Dak off the cuff in the locker room tank on the record bones on and on and off the record, several other guys as well. Um, and it's just this collective love, adoration and respect for Mike McCarthy, not simply as, as the head coach of the team, but as, as a family member, like that's how they speak about McCarthy, um, just as he speaks about them. It's the culture here in Dallas has, has so changed to the point where this is why they play so hard for each other. This is why they're so resilient as far as bouncing back from adversities that kind of hit them at different points in the years because they all have a genuine love and affection for each other. So um, there was some rightful concern in the voice of, of, of the guys that we were talking to. But at the same time, there was a lot of optimism uh, in McCarthy because a lot of them kind of cited things like, funny how Dan Quinn said it, tough Irishman. But that's that's basically how they view him. Like, this is this is our head coach. We love him to death. And if anybody can can overcome something like this and be back on the sideline for us, it's, it's Mike McCarthy. So, you know, the love, it, it runs deep from players to Mike McCarthy, from McCarthy to players, and, and from his coaching staff to him. So uh, from top to bottom, I mean, everybody is in full support of McCarthy. And uh, and they wanted to show their, their love and respect for him yesterday by making sure that there were no steps missed at all. So I'm told that practice went extremely well. Everybody was on their job. Everybody was on their task because um, they know that when Big Daddy gets back, <laughs> he, he wants uh, the house to be in order. So they, they made sure it's in order. We're talking with Patrick Walker from DallasCowboys.com. Pat, let's say that, all right, the, the optimistic line and, and, and what the, the Cowboys even had in the press release was McCarthy expects to be out there. Let's say there's a change of plans, and they say, okay, no, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. Brian Schottenheimer's going to have to be out there. Brian Schottenheimer's going to have to be calling plays. Will it be so much Brian Schottenheimer calling plays? Or, I mean, is this offense in effect right now being run by Dak Prescott on Sunday, if that's the case? Well, you make a good point because when we're talking about a medical situation, so we can have all the optimism in the world, and that's based on the information we have right now, which makes it rightful. Um, but, you know, knock on wood, because it's a medical situation, you just never know what tomorrow brings. So if, in fact, um, there's a situation wherein McCarthy can't be available, then the order of succession is Dan Quinn takes on head coaching duties, but he's still obviously the defensive play caller. And as far as offensive play calling goes, uh, it falls to a, a collective of Schottenheimer 
and Dak Prescott. Uh, and obviously you'll have input from, you know, your running backs coach, your tight ends coach, Linda Wells, your offensive line coach. All of that will become more of a collective. But I, I don't think people understand just how much of a hand Dak Prescott has, not only in the, the install of this offense, but on a play-calling basis. Uh, obviously when McCarthy is available, it's the large majority of it is, is on McCarthy, but there's a lot of input that McCarthy gets from Dak, even on a play-to-play basis saying, hey, what are you seeing out there? Um, what should our tendency change to? Because maybe the run's not working. Maybe the pass isn't working. Maybe this type of pass isn't working. Um, so Dak Prescott is supremely comfortable uh, in running, helping to run this offense, uh, both on the sideline as far as uh, collaboration is concerned and on the field and pre-snap and moving guys around. And I don't know that I could have said that in week one, week two, or even week three in Arizona, um, because this, this level of Dak Prescott, as far as uh, his, his comfort level, in this Texas Coast offense is light years now beyond where it was several weeks ago. So if, in fact, McCarthy can't take the field, then you can bet Sean Heimer and uh, Dak Prescott aren't going to lose a step. Texas Coast or Kellen Moore? (laughs) Texas Coast. Okay. (laughs) Differentiation being? Well, the differentiation being just the the, the willingness to let Prescott be Prescott. I think that when it came to Kellen Moore, and I'm not one that's going to bash Kellen Moore. I know he's out there struggling in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of factors around that. I mean, the you know Staley's on the hot seat. Defense stinks. has not been has not been great. Um, but when it comes to what Kellen Moore's offense looked like, which was number one in the league, to what Mike McCarthy's looked like, which is number one in the league, I enjoyed this one much more because I feel like Dak Prescott is back to having fun as opposed to, well, this is what we need to do, bang, bang, bang. It's snap the ball and we're going to play some football. So it just feels like it's a little bit more free for Dak Prescott, and I think that's why he's taking it to an MVP caliber level. How are you attacking the Eagles this weekend in this game if you're the Cowboys? Put their secondary in a blender and and hit power. Mm -hmm. Um, And just absolutely – here's the beauty of it. And I don't want this to come off as me saying the Eagles are not a good good team because they are, albeit not as good as people are making them out to be. I'm right there with you, Bobby. Thank God. But uh, this secondary, the Cowboys are coming off of a game where, and I said, I'm on record as saying the Seahawks secondary was the best that they had faced up to that point, and that was not excluding the 49ers, who did an exceptional job. But when you look at it personnel-wise and you look at how they run the scheme, you look at the, the skill set, the physical builds of guys like Woolen, that Seahawks secondary was was it. And Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks, they went out there and put 41 on their head. Now, one week later, 10 days later, Cowboys are rested, and they're about to go against literally one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL and Bradbury and Slay, and I mean, the, the plays and the yardage and the touchdowns those guys give up, it just makes for perfect theater. It's absolute cinema what the Cowboys can do to this uh, defense at home. Um, and keep in mind, they were only, what, a knee, a toe, and a far start away from taking the first game in, in week nine. So, you know, Cowboys are infinitely comfortable at home. They're rested. Eagles are coming off of a blowout humiliation loss against the 49ers. And the the stats are out there. Teams who play the 49ers get beat up pretty good, and they don't usually play well in the next week. So um, I I love what I'm seeing from that standpoint as well. But throw the ball and then throw it again. 
and then fake like you're going to run it and then throw it again <laughs> and is, then throw it some more. <laughs> is that the biggest difference from Philly this year to last year? Is there is not only their defense but their secondary? I would say so. The secondary had its struggles last year, but not to this not to this level, RJ. I, I mean, for to, for them to be spoken of in the air that they're spoken of, uh, and and I get it. They're ten. Well, they were ten and one, and now they're ten and two. But before the, the second loss, they were ten and one. "Quote unquote," finding ways to win, and I guess finding ways to win also means that the other team has to drop walk off touchdown passes and run the wrong routes in overtime on a potential walk off. Yeah, all of that goes to it. I get it. But for this team to be spoken of in the air that they're spoken of, and you would think that they're ironclad across the board. You know they have the offense, right? And you know they have the run defense. But you would think that means they have the secondary as well. That They have the run defense, one of the best in the league. They have the offense that can light up the scoreboard if you're not careful. But that secondary is lunch. It is lunch, lunch, lunch. So when you look at it from last year's perspective, they were at least making some plays. They were getting some takeaways. They were at least keeping some guys in front of them. They are really struggling to do any of those three things. And when you're the Cowboys and you have an offense as prolific as yours is, and it's not one that's rooted in the run game, it's one rooted in the passing game and the ability to stretch the field and be explosive, that's a nightmare matchup for the Philadelphia secondary. So if the Philadelphia front line can't get home and get pressure on Dak Prescott, uh, that secondary is in for a long, long day, and I'm here for it. Thanks as always, Pat. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too, fellas. Talk to you soon. Patrick Walker brought to you by the Windstar World Casino and Resort. Proud to be the casino of the Dallas Cowboys. Please game responsibly. Let's praise Luca some more. Luca and Dak, MVPs in the same year. And Juan Soto is coming on over to the American League. We'll talk about it with the KMC Masterpiece next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And it's back to Sean and RJ right here on 105.3 The Fans segment here brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish this year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all today at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Relax and enjoy the difference and find new roads. For Doncic, his 10th of the game. Yes. And there's yes. a lot more. Yes. yes. He's got yes. a first half triple.
Luca going crazy. First half triple double ended with 40, 11, and 10. And I think headband Luca was shoestring trending all night long. Why did Luca decide to go with the new look post game? I mean, I'm getting long hair, so so it doesn't fall off. I don't want to use gel no more, so so it doesn't fall off. I mean, is it I may not fall off here. For style or just trying something out. Might have worked. Yeah. I mean, everybody says it's a headband, I say it's me. Are you sure it's not the, the three nights off? Oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> he also he also dropped another F bomb in the post game and yeah. said S as well, which was funny. Yes. Uh and uh he was just bringing up the point that you and Bobby were. How, how is Bad Utah? Utah? Awful. The only thing good about Utah games. last night, I did like their uniforms. Oh, okay. I did like their uniforms last night that they wore. But they're awful. They're awful. They're Colin Sexton and what? They're they're just awful. They're Colin Sexton. Will Hardy, after the game, the jazz head coach, his line was my favorite. He said, that was a masterpiece of dog ass. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a pretty good way to put it. For but I do have played. faith that Danny Ainge will build something. Well, Laurie Markkinen's their best player. He didn't play, but I don't think he makes up yeah. for the 50-point loss. Right. Yeah. But I, I never – last year I thought they were going to win 15 games, and they ended up winning way more games than yeah. anybody expected. Markkinen was awesome. And so they do have seven wins this year, right? Aren't they seven and 14? For them. I'm like, how did they, how have they won seven? Like, you look at the Detroit Pistons. Aren't there – isn't there more talent in Detroit than – I could see Utah? That. What was the Detroit-Utah stat? Uh, no, it was Detroit-San Antonio. Like, they had lost 18 and 15 straight combined. They had lost 33 games combined between the two of them going in the last night. Maybe straight, right? Isn't, isn't it 17 in a row for Detroit? I, well, the stat, 18. The 18. They're 2 and 19. And the stat we saw was the Rangers won more games in November than the Pistons. Mm. <laughs> they won uh-huh. one game in November. Which is crazy. <laughs> Pistons true. still won zero. All right, who has a better chance of winning their MVP between Luka or Dak this season? Dak. Yeah, Dak. Who's, who's the runaway MVP right now in the NBA? Jokic. He's, like, he's white. That will hurt him. Kendrick yeah. Perkins will not allow that to stand. <laughs> but it hurts Luka, too. And Jokic <laughs> does, like, he does everything. He's, not, he's leading in every stat, every yep. category. So, yeah, I guess Dak has, is more likely to. Because well, and, the, and the, the other reason I say that as well is I just see right now an easier path for the Cowboys to get the, let's even say, second seed than I do for the Mavericks to get the second seed. Yeah, with Jokic, though, I'm like, you know, they, they, they tried. They wanted to give it to someone else last year. Yeah. In MB. Well, they didn't until somebody had a really strong interview on ESPN. Oh, this is your Kendrick Perkins take? Yeah. I don't think he's wrong about 100%. In points, uh, Jokic, Jokic is 28, 13, and 10. Good Lord. I mean, he rebounds first in the league, third in assists in the league, 54% from the field. Yeah. Good. Don't you think it would be tough? I mean, let's just say you had a vote. And I know that you've had a vote for years, and you did vote for Jokic the last two years. And for some reason, you did vote for Steve Nash, and you did vote for Dirk Nowitzki. And then somebody comes along who's a former player and says – if you vote for Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott, you're a racist. Wouldn't you go, God, I don't want to be a racist. Like, maybe I should really evaluate why am I voting, and now I go back to the NBA, why am I voting Jokic over Embiid? Am I being racist? I don't want to be considered that. Let me just go with what they're saying. I'm, I must be doing something wrong. And so, I mean, 
Kendrick Perkins did a hell of a job of changing the narrative with a month to go. Hell, they played each other like a week later, and Jokic dominated Embiid, I think, and it it was like, I'm not voting for Jokic. What's wild about Jokic is, and Kevin, I said this the other day, he does. He never looks like he labors his body or he does, puts any tax on <laughs> his body. I can see that. It's just when like he runs, he, it's pain, it looks painful. <laughs> that looks painful, but it doesn't look like he's running super fast to get there. It just well, looks like he's taking his time. as fast as he can possibly go. But he, he blew up your hangover theory, Choppy. Ah, uh, he did. Whoops. He did. I, well, I thought, like, look, it, 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 over the summer, yeah. every day there was a video of him partying or you know, a horse or yeah. something. Or, horse. Yeah. Oh, yes. or, you know, coming out of a For nightclub sure. at 2 For o'clock sure. in the afternoon, you know, in these blacked-out Eastern Euro trash nightclubs they've got oh where they goodness. play nothing but dubstep the whole time. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, I thought for sure he would be, yeah, glow sticks. I mean, I thought for sure he was going to wear a glow stick, like, necklace throughout at least the first three games of the year. I feel like he would have respected that, oddly. I, 100%. Okay. 100%. How are we feeling about Juan Soto to the New York Yankees seven-player deal? And Soto has a year left on this contract. Uh, Kevin Hagelin. I I, li- I think it makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. I know they gave up a lot. And, P- and if you're the Padres, you got to be stoked about your return. But I think the Yankees are viewing this as we get a year free audition to be like, here's why you should stay here. Because they don't mind paying all of the money. Like, I know the contract he turned down. And they're like, that's fine. Was this a lot of compensation? Yes. Um, okay. Because you were comparing it to the Nats deal, RJ. Well, the Nats got the Nats deal. The Nats are really happy with what they got. They got Mackenzie Gore. They got Abrams, the shortstop. They got uh, James Wood. They seem to be a stud outfielder. Actor. They got a, what? Actor. Yeah. Yes, he's a good actor. Yes, very. And they got another player too. They're they like, trading him with two and a half years right. left of yeah. control. Yeah. So the Yankees and the Yankees gave up Michael King, who's a guy they really like, who they thought. There was some talk that he might like start the year as their number two starter. And I thought he was like originally reliever. a non-starter right. for them in this deal. Yeah, but... I thought he was a reliever last year. Then he became a starter. And then I thought he was like a no-go. They're not yeah. going to trade him. Um, but they did. And they gave up uh, like a, their number four or five prospect as well. But they gave up all pitchers and a backup catcher. So I think, I think the Nats did a lot better, but... You know, if you're in New York, I mean, they Cashman had to do this. Well, and if you're the Padres, you got to be stoked because you're giving up a player that in arbitration is going to be what thirty four million dollars or something. So you're not giving up a cheap player, yeah. and that's the only year you have them. Yeah, but you hope it's also not a sign that because their owner passed away, they go back to what they've been versus all the spending. And I mean, they they got a fun fun collection of talent. It didn't live up. It was a big failure. Do you think that's the bigger deal? Is they tried this a couple of times and it failed, and they're like, yeah. "This ain't the way." I mean, they're gonna lose Snell, yeah, and Soto, yeah. I mean, Bobby they, with another reason to up. dislike Shohei Otani is they messed oh, up with no. Tatis. That's the weird thing. Is yeah. like if you were, and I know the Rangers aren't gonna do this. If you signed Evan Carter today to a thirteen-year, three hundred and twenty-five million dollar deal, I think we would be excited. But that was exciting for San Diego that they got what looked like to be the next two to four time MVP of the National League in the next 10 years. And then he became a horrible teammate. Maybe he already was. Uh, He became a steroid guy. He became an injured guy. Like, I mean, you got to really watch. I think that Evan Carter does not fall into the category of we're worrying about him as a person and a teammate. Uh, but I do think, man, if you're going to give a 10-year-plus deal to a person, know. you better know that this guy is 
the right type of dude. Yes. And RKG. Tattoos, uh, 24 tattoos. years old. Uh, Tatis. Tattoos. Tatis. Uh, another reason to dislike Otani is RJ Choppy has joined the Bobby Bell Crusade. No. Egomaniac. Egomaniac. Ego. And it's 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 happening again because the Dodgers called Joe Kelly, friend of the KNC masterpiece, yes. Joe yep. Kelly, called him and they were like, hey, you'd be willing to give up your number 17, right? We're going to need that. Which means that has come up as a discussion point of like, I'm going to need that 17. I, I don't care that he's doing that. Like, everybody wants their own number. I, but Except for Mike again, Bassett, we're talking about it's, it's, if this was the one thing, fine. But you're talking about like no talking, no doing this. But I'm not going to help you out. That that's not true if he goes to the Dodgers. No, it, because Joe Kelly talked. Okay. Now but, they're screwed. But still, the <laughs> Dodgers are talking. Their head coach is talking. Their one of their players is talking. I mean, yeah, in that sense, that, but it's still, it's silly punishment rules and the whole thing of like, you're not allowed to cover. Shohei clearly moves the needle. Like, the World Baseball Classic, in large part, was what it was from an interest level because of what Shohei was doing. And that's my whole thing is that Choppy and I were arguing about this with Sean earlier. Like, I don't think he owes them anything necessarily. He shouldn't have to, like, well, you should be out there, out front, be the face of the meeting, speed up your contract decision, whatever else. But there is a little bit of like a, like, play ball. Don't put, like, a, a blackout on all these teams from talking about you. The issue that I have with that in terms of, like, has it stopped anybody from talking about it? I feel like that I mean, the Dodgers mystery, wouldn't shut up Dave Roberts. Well, yeah, that didn't work. But I feel like everyone has still been talking about this story, even though none of it is concrete information. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, but, like, it'd be great, like, if there was, like, a daily, we knew more. Now, I think Buster Olney's being a little bit wear me excessive, out. where he's saying, man, Shohei should have... You know, gone and seen uh, the Blue Jays thing and said, I love it so much. Uh, just because you uh, invited me there, I'm going to donate $50,000 to your team charity. Like, that's oh, that's a that little bit much. The GM that's on with Brian Kenny, who I, I normally like, he was crying about it yesterday. Is it you, Dan O'Dowd? I don't know. Uh, Jim Bowden? No, it wasn't Bowden. Yeah, Bowden uh, was too busy. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> He's like, oh, you got to give an update. You're going to have to talk at some point. Like, it's not Shohei's fault that the rest of the winter meetings are boring so far. They haven't got, gotten started. Like I, I, he's I'm not your mascot. You're right. They he's have, not your they, mascot to go out there and dance and be your baseball PR machine. No, but he also they can't dictate like killing discussion about him. That's what's stupid. He can they do whatever can. he wants. He can do whatever he wants. That's it's the thing. Not That's his, what you need. To, and you and, right. And he you can ex- do what he wants, but it also it, makes him and, an ego. And if the Rangers were alive, you'd accept it and you'd tell Chris Young to shut up. But now that he's eliminated, now you're putting the hate on him. It, it, you're right. No, it's it's not, not, I wouldn't want him here if that was the case. I'd be out on him. It's not his fault. Unfortunately. The whole sport is at a standstill because nobody can, nobody will sign. All the agents are like, "Don't sign until Shohei signs." That you know, the guy at the top, yeah, sets the market. So like, right. it's not his fault, but it's he's the reason why it's right. slow and boring. Yeah, uh, because he has to sign, and he doesn't have. But you know, the guys at the top. It's not his fault. It's his impact. It's his impact. Yeah, the guys. The problem that it, part of the problem, part of it, is the two biggest names in the sport have absolutely zero personality and zero interest in being in the Are public eye. Are you saying guy. Trout and Otani? Trout and Otani. Okay. Like, they, like if, if, the, if the two biggest guys in the sport, uh, uh, two best players in the sport were Bryce Harper and Oh, they're hoping and, Tatis, and Tatis was one. Yeah. Like, the sport would be in a much yeah. more healthy spot, I think, because you have the two best players of all time would be such great personalities. All right, today, uh, G-Bag Broadcasting from Globe Life. You can stop by and say what's up. Tomorrow, the our toy drive. F- the toy drive. Bring a toy. You get Rangers tickets to see the champs. Are you serious? 
Wiley Firehouse number four tomorrow with us, our final Firehouse show. 3200 McMillan Road with C4 Energy in Texas Day, Brazil. Let's see if Mike McCarthy can tough it out and join us live tomorrow morning. Are you anticipating We're that? not. We are not. We'll see him, Wiley, tomorrow morning. The KMC Masterpiece is next. Oh, yeah. Did you need to tease something? No, we're good. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.